Don't fight Monday. <laughs> There's no use. It's coming. Not sure if your reaction to sunrise on Monday morning is that dramatic, but many people really do dread getting up and going to work after the weekend. Uh, and there is no way to fend off uh, another week of work. Um, we're exploring the sweet life and what all that entails. Uh, the world, our world, defines the sweet life one way and has a path to get there. And then God has another way. So we're taking the time to look at some major pursuits, major parts, areas, arenas of our life, and trying to figure out what God says about those and how we move forward in following Christ in those and how that brings the good stuff in life. Uh, today we're looking at work and the sweet life. I would imagine that everybody here could apply what we're going to talk about today uh, whether you're an employee, uh, working for someone, a business owner who has employees, a student training, getting ready for your career in the future, a parent raising kids, or, or maybe you're retired and you still have responsibilities to take care of. Our, our core responsibilities take up the majority of our waking hours. And sometimes work, raising kids, studying can get in the way of what we really want to do. There's something, you know, besides this right here, I've got to mow the lawn or I've got to get up on Monday and go to work or I, you know, the kids, they didn't sleep in. I've got to get up and take care of the kids. There's, you know, that can get in the way of what we want to be doing right now. It, it could be a real struggle. We can feel like work is a detour on the path to the sweet life. We spend a little over half of our life working uh, or in, in school, the combination of the two. So our attitude and our approach to life has a big impact on how much we enjoy it. It, it has a tremendous, here, here's a chart that proves this. We probably know this intuitively. We, if we stopped to think about it, we would know this. But here's a chart from the Bureau of Labor Statistics that shows the time use on an average week of work for people 25 to 54 with children. Biggest slice of the pie in green at the bottom is work and work-related endeavors. The next biggest slice in blue to the top right is sleep. So 55% of our waking hours are spent at work. Or for those of you at home, uh, raising the kids, taking care of the kids. And so it's, it's an even higher percentage for, for those of you who are home with the kids. You rarely get a break. It's, it's not, not that easy to get one. If I were to ask you to close your eyes and imagine the sweet life, would work be a part of that? <laughs> Just checking. Your mind doesn't drift off to a day at the office, does it? Or, or on the job site, or a day spent folding laundry or prepping meals. 
In, in our culture, work is something that you try to get away from. Here's another commercial that, that shows this. title of that commercial is Freedom. <laughs> Since work's getting in the way of what we really want to do, just leave. Just go. I'm not quite sure how he's going to pay for that Audi. But he, he left. He checked out. This, they create the commercial like that because it resonates with our hearts. We, we don't find work all that sweet. In fact, if we live for time off but spend most of our time at work, life is sour, not sweet. So we, we need to have a really good view of work, what it's all about. Work wears us out. It's wearisome. It's full of problems, challenges. It can steal the joy from our days. It can rob us. If you're at the beginning of your career and you recently graduated from college, uh, it's a dismal thing when you realize there's no summer break. <laughs> there isn't. Or if you're a new parent who's struggling with lack of sleep, it's tempted to just rush. Oh, I, I can't. I can't wait to get through this to the next stage. I just. I. I just want to get past this. It goes fast, and you can't turn back the clock. However. Um, you might be well into your career, and, and you thought it would look different than it does. You thought you'd be in a different place. It's boring. So the temptation is to just get by until you can do something else or until retirement comes along. Whether it's the mentality of take it easy or rush through it or just get by, this brings up a critical issue in our hearts that we tend to struggle with. It's just, these, these, reflect, these attitudes reflect a common struggle. There seems to be a pull like gravity 
when we try to do our work. Hey, I, I feel, I don't know if you've experienced that, but there, I, I feel a pull like gravity whenever I try to get something done. Whenever I try to do work, there's this pull against it. It's, it's something that we should expect, we find from scripture. We, we should expect a pull like gravity against our work. Uh, it reveals the source of the pull, and we're going to look at it in just a minute or so. But let's take some time and look at what the Bible, just very briefly look at what the Bible says about work. First of all, people are made in the image of God. You find that in the very first chapter of Scripture, Genesis 1, talks about how people are made in the image of God. So out of all creation, everything that's been created here on this earth, People have a special place in that creation. We were made in the image of God. Another thing you see in Genesis 1 and 2 is that God is a worker. And so work reflects, as we do work, that reflects the image of God. Look at Genesis 2, 2. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God's a worker. You see this. You see him working throughout Scripture. You can see his work by looking out this, the, those doors to see what he's made. God, God's a worker. He continues to work his purpose out in the history of uh, mankind. And uh, so this, this gives work an extremely high value just in itself because God put us here to work to reflect him, to reflect his image. When we work hard at the right things, it's, it reflects his image in us. Now, all legitimate work has a very high value in God's economy, the way he looks at things. When you do any legitimate work, it, it pleases God. It reflects him. You know, it is possible to work evil, which doesn't please God, and it's possible to do legitimate work for ungodly reasons. And it, it, it's, it, it's also, you know, just we can, we can veer off and do evil things, but the value of work itself remains whenever you're setting out to do what God has given you to do. We find out in Genesis 3... That the pull of gravity against our work that we experience is a result of man's rebellion against God. To summarize the story in Genesis, the first man and the first woman chose to rebel against God by ignoring a prohibition that he had placed on them. And they did exactly what he told them not to do. So this brought consequences in the form of a curse. And one of the ways that God responded to their rebellion was he added pain to our work. This is a consequence of that rebellion. Work is good. It has a very high value. But pain and sorrow are now a part of the process. Frustration. It's a part of doing our work. The Hebrew word for pain in Genesis 3, the passage that talks about the curse, 
can be translated worrisomeness. You ever worry about work? (laughs) Worrisomeness, labor, or pain. That's what God added to our work. Curse on our work affects our attitude toward it in a major way. We have to learn to fight against that pull of gravity created by this frustration when we aim to get our work done. I don't know if you've ever uh, heard Murphy's Law. I'm pretty sure you have. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. This reflects the curse on, on our work. You know, I'm not sure who Murphy was. I never met Murphy. But he was extremely frustrated with work. And, and with the projects he tried to do, and he exaggerated, not just a little bit, because that's not a true statement. Thankfully, it's not. It, it is true that we should expect things to go wrong with our work, but it's not true that anything that could go wrong goes wrong. So that's part of telling ourselves the truth. We can be grateful for the fact that some things go right as we Move on to handle our work. Here are a couple of memes that express the frustration many feel with work. Um, first one, oh, you hate your job? Why didn't you say so? There's a support group for that. It's called Everybody. And they meet at the bar. These are the attitudes that you, uh, you know, pick up on the Internet. Here's another one. I got mood poisoning at work. It must be something I hate. This is, this is, this is our attitude. It's amazing how much adversity we can face when we try to work on a project. It doesn't seem like it should be that hard. It just seems like we should be able to get stuff done without facing this adversity. Even on the way to work, you can have car trouble. Uh, the copier breaks down right before an important meeting. Sick children. Uh, get, go down, right? Just at the time when we need to focus on ministry or an important project, you have little cooperation from the team. You're, you're counting on them. This is the team. We're, we're going to get this done. And people just aren't on your page. They just don't see it your way. Uh, someone drops the ball on an assignment and leaves you in a real pinch. You, you can likely fill in your own flavor of adversity looking back at the last week. You, you could, I, could, I could take uh, comments from people, and you'd have your own flavor of adversity. This is the way it is. It, it's, it's work to work. <laughs> it, it requires toil. It's easy to get discouraged by the setbacks you face as you try to get your work done. One time I was uh, rebuilding a car engine. And I was tightening uh, a bolt into the engine, and I snapped the head off. Because I, I have no feel when it comes to mechanics. I just think everything should be ratcheted down, you know. So I turned, and I thought, oh, no. What, what do you do now? Found out there's a tool that you can get, and it backs it out. If you can get to the tool, you know, the place where the screw is, or the bolt, you can do it. This is the way work goes. It's easy just to stop trying and just let it happen as you go along. But this is the way work is. Easy to get down, discouraged. It's easy to be bored by work because there's other things you'd rather be doing. Ask any elementary school 
child, what are they going to tell you is their favorite part of school day? Recess. Okay, maybe not. There are some that might not say recess, but they wouldn't say it out loud. They wouldn't admit it to their friends in school. But that's this. This is built into us. We we get we get bored and we want to be free to do what we want to do. Sometimes we're intimidated by an assignment and we dread the deadline or the day in class when we're going to have to prove that we did it. And and this 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 attacks us. We got to show up with the goods. And this is this is difficult. God added pain to our work for a reason. We'll look at that reason in a few moments. At the same time, he puts a high value on work. So he, he gave us the assignment to work before man fell, before the man and woman made the choice to rebel against God. So what that tells you is work is extremely valuable to God. But at the same time, we have to deal with this pull against it, the struggle of it all. I'd like to survey before we get into uh, God's reason for work and the struggle with work. I'd like to survey some of the damage that occurs when our attitude toward work doesn't line up with God's perspective. If we place a low value on work, we hunt for a trouble-free job. We go on a search sometimes. Trouble-free work doesn't exist since the fall of man. It's best to just adjust our expectations with reality. It really is. Just adjust, adapt, realize, face the facts. Ecclesiastes 2:22 and 23 says, "What is a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun?" For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. That's a great word. Even in the night, his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. If you look for a trouble-free job, you're never content where you are. And two things can happen. You resent the job you have right now, and you're miserable. Or you keep searching for the perfect job, And you never get established in your work or career right where you're at. You just keep bouncing around. So it's important to understand what we can expect. If we place a low value on work, we also get lazy. Being lazy is worse than we think. Look at Proverbs 24. I pass by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered, I looked and received instruction, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. First time I read this passage, it was a jolt to my couch-loving nature. (laughs) It really was. I thought, that is true. I, I need to get moving. I need to, I need to do the work that's on my plate, that's on my list, the things I gotta get done. I was really good at putting off work to relax. And I hadn't considered the escalating impact over time. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. 
and want will come upon you like a robber, an armed robber. And that's what happens. Have you ever, have you ever just taken a break when you know you, you've gone slack, when you know you should be doing something, and a few weeks later you pay for it? You keep doing that over and over and over again and want attacks you like an armed robber. So this was a jolt of my system. What, what it requires is constant effort. The fact is things deteriorate. That second law of thermodynamics tells you that. You know, Lawns and gardens grow weeds, and they have to be maintained. I think of this verse every time my grass gets tall. <laughs> it comes to mind. Randy, get out there. Do something about that. Teams unravel. You're working with people. Families unravel. Teams unravel. Leadership is required because the leader pulls everything back together and gets things focused in the right direction. This is is the way life is. This is what it's like. Conflict happens. People have to be brought back together and reminded of our purpose and why we're doing this so we can move forward. It, It requires a diligent effort over time to just maintain and then to extend beyond maintenance mode takes even more effort. It, it's, it's, it's work. We should expect this. This is what, what it is. Another result of having a low view of work is to live for time off. It's easy to re- resent work and view it as a barricade to the sweet life. If we underestimate the value of work, we miss what God intends for us. Luke 12, Jesus told a story, a parable. And he told them this parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. This story states a goal that many in the U.S. work toward. That day when we can just eat, drink, and be merry. What, what would you do if your work or business suddenly took off like a rocket and you became wealth, wealthy? What would you do with Monday morning? Would you get up and go to work? Would you not? What, what if a lost relative sends an inheritance you didn't expect? You may have dreamed about that. Seen something like it on a movie or something. You, know, you no longer have to work to make ends meet. What are you, you going to do? What are you going to do next? Would you keep working? If you resent work that you do every day, you can live for time off and life is miserable. But thankfully, God shows us a path that involves work to the sweet life. God made us to work and he wants us to enjoy it. Check out this passage in Ecclesiastes 5. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat, drink, and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Now, notice that. You find enjoyment in all the toil which God has given you. Everyone also 
to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. This is the gift of God. The ability to enjoy your work is from the hand of God. It's not an achievement. It's not the result of dumb luck where everything just happens to fall in place. Enjoying wealth and possessions and even toil flows from the hand of God. It comes out of his heart. It's a gift from him. The Hebrew word for toil in this passage is amal. It means toil, wearing effort. Hence, worry, whether of body or mind. It comes from a root that means to work severely with irksomeness. It's a good, good uh, adjective, isn't it? Irksome. It's irksome. Irk, I'm irked by the work I've just done. This, this just really irks me. You can find enjoyment in the middle of the irksomeness of the work that you're doing. This is what this passage is telling us. But you have to turn to God in order to get that joy. It's not going to come from the work itself. It's going to come from God. It's a gift from God. It flows through his heart and through his hand. And he wants us to enjoy it. One of the main reasons that God added pain to our work when we rebelled against him, was so we would turn to him for fulfillment, not the work itself. So that in the irksomeness of work, the toil that is work, we would turn to him and ask for help to work through the frustrations so that he could restore us and he could refresh us so that he could shape our attitude toward the work we're doing. I'm not trying to tell you just to adjust your attitude this morning. I'm trying to encourage you to turn to God, who will give you what you need in the moment. This is, this is how life is. I'm also not just trying to bring up bad memories about work. But we experience work the way it is, and the frustration of it, because God's hope is that we will turn to Him and give our lives to Him and allow Him to be, begin to work so that we enjoy even the toil that we're doing. This is from the hand of God. We won't figure this out on our own. We need His help. So to experience the sweet life in my work, I need to pray and thank God for providing it. When you need help at work, you can ask God for it. He's right there. If it's stale and you aren't motivated, he'll help you with it. He, he gave it to you. He'll help you enjoy the work. Often when I'm bogging down, I've got a long list of things to do. I'll, I'll get up in the morning and I'll ask God, God, I am not motivated whatsoever to go to work today. Will you motivate me? Will you give we And sure enough, he either just sort of fortifies me right there to do it, and or sometime during that day, or I think it's been maybe 36 hours. This is not a scientific report, but sometime in the next day and a half, God will do something to get me motivated. If I'm faithful, just to charge ahead when I'm dragging. 
God motivates. You can ask him for help. He will give you the help. Thank God for the work that you have. Let your frustration and work remind you to thank, thank him for what he's given you, how he's blessed you with the work that provides for you. You, you can check out the passage listed later, but in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Thank God for all circumstances. Thank him in everything. Thank him in the work that you're doing. Another thing you can do to experience the uh, sweet life is to choose an upbeat attitude toward work. We're, we're in control of our attitudes. We, we choose them. And so the verse in Ecclesiastes here says there's nothing better than for a man to rejoice in his work. Ecclesiastes 3.22, it's not on the screen. But it says there's nothing better than a man to... You know why there's nothing better than a, for a man to rejoice in his work? Because you spend 55% of your working hours working, of your waking hours working. You're there. It's really good to enjoy it and to ask God to help you enjoy it and not just blow past today because you resent having to do what you have to do. You'd rather be snowboarding or something else. Ask God for help. God places a high value on the work itself. So whatever we do, we need to adopt the same value that he places on it and give ourselves to it and, re, and, and let God encourage us in it. We can choose to rejoice in it. God's faithful to do what, what it is he's asked us to do. Now, the third thing we can do to experience the sweet life in our work is to aim to please God who gave you the work to do. Colossians tells Christ followers to do their work as if they're working for the Lord. So you, you, you might, the boss might be just really getting to you. Your co-workers might be frustrating you. But you're not working for them. If you follow Jesus, you're working for him. And he takes it personally, the way you go about your work. If you work in a way that pleases him with everything you've got, you're faithful to do it, then he rewards that. That's the promise in Colossians 3. We spend a majority of our lives working. How important is it to see the value of work and trust God to bring the joy in it? You, you may be here this morning and you're, you're wrestling with your work, with your attitude toward it. I, I want to encourage you. Uh, as we wrap up the message, I want to encourage you with a couple of next steps that you could take. If you would, uh, please take out the connection card uh, in, in the program that you looked at earlier. Hopefully, we're going to receive the offering in a few moments. You could finish completing any information you haven't had an opportunity to complete or let us know that you're going to take one of the next steps that I'm suggesting. Uh, here are my suggestions. My next step today is to, for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and will follow him as Lord. Maybe you haven't yet decided to follow Christ as your boss. And maybe it's work, the frustration with it. You aren't finding fulfillment in it. God can help you with that. And if you're ready to make that decision, to give your life to Christ, I'd encourage you to do that. 
Second step is ask God to help me identify and change my bad attitudes toward work. Go to God. Turn to Him. The frustration of it, the, the hassle of it, that pull like gravity. Ask God to help you move forward in spite of it. And then there may be something else that God said to you that you'd like to do in, res- in response to His Word. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You for the truth that we find in Your Scripture and the way that You really speak to us through it. Pray, God, that You'd really help us as, as we uh, go through the rest of this day, as we uh, get up tomorrow and head to work, most of us, God, I, I just ask for encouragement and joy in our work. I pray that you'd help us to, to get past the attitudes that are bogging us down and bring honor to you in the way we live and work. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.